Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, Ange. Oh, Anthony. How are we? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do. Thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little. No, it's fine. fine. Yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. These things don't fit in my ears. Is it the size of your ears? Oh, yes. What What would you say your ears were? Too large or too small? I'd say they were too small. Right. I'd say, uh, and so these things won't stick in. They're at, they're, they're neither big enough nor sticky enough. What your ears or the the earphones? My ears. Right. What's a sticky ear? Oh, you don't want it, do you? I don't know, but it doesn't sound like you'd want it. No. Sounds like something seven-year-old boys with one of those, uh, you know, elastoplast over one of their spectacle sides <laughs> might have a bit of sticky ear as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's been badly with sticky ear this week. <laughs> Runny nose. Runny nose and sticky ear. <laughs> An elastoplast over one on the side of his glasses. You don't see kids with that anymore, do you? Or do you? No. I, d- I no, don't, I don't anyway. I don't think you do. They must do some kind of different kind of magic now. I don't go out looking. Yeah. Well, it's it's probably, you know, it's, it probably traumatises you, doesn't it, going around like that when you're seven? Oh, it's bound to. I know, in our day, they, they didn't mind traumatising us, did they? They just thought that was part of growing up. I think traumatisation was something that was actually on the NHS. Yeah, yeah, like like inoculation. Yeah. Is, uh, could you all queue up for trauma tomorrow morning outside the the nurse's office? My my dentist traumatised me when I when I was about seven and eight, seven or eight. Yeah. No, I had a terrifying dentist. Mm. Absolutely terrifying. Um, I can't actually visualise him. I just see this. I see him in my mind's eye. I see him as a creature that used to... I think by the time I actually got in, you're going through the door into the waiting room that had that smell Mm. that used to turn your stomach and terrify you. And then by the time somebody said called your name and said, come right this way, and your mum took you into the actual surgery. I think at that point I was in such an advanced state of terror I could barely see, and that's why I can't remember him, because I don't think at that point I was unable to process vision. (laughs) You see, when I see the face of my dentist... And I'm not mm. going to name him because he might still be alive. But when I see the name, of, uh, the face of my dentist now, I, I tend to see him if I'm watching a movie that includes some form of SS commandant. See, it's always his face. Right. Yeah. Marathon man. Is He's it safe? Very much that kind of thing. Yeah, they really nailed that, didn't they? Lawrence Olivier. Um, yeah, well, all I remember was a kind of rubbery smell. The smell of the mask that you used to put mm. over your face was so vile, uh, almost as though they'd conducted experiments with various different types of material and said, which is the vilest one we can use? <laughs> How's that? Does that one make you want to shoot yourself? Not quite. No, oh, just slightly nauseous. No, no, bring on the next one. How about this one? <laughs> Yeah, horror? Yeah, that sounds like the one. Let's go with that. The only thing I remember positively was he had some gumdrop books in the in the waiting room. Gumdrop? So gumdrop, gumdrop was a car. It was like an old kind of car, uh, oh. like sort of a model, you know, the old kind of Model T Ford type things. Oh, yeah. And there was an old car and it was called Gumdrop and there was some books. And I remember, that's the only thing I remember. It was probably unique to the Retford surgery. Right, that was its redeeming factor. That was the only thing, the right. only thing. 
And of course, back in the day, if you went in for a fill-in, they they knocked you out, didn't they? They knocked you out with gas. Oh, gas. Yeah, oh, it was all horrible. It was yeah. all horrible. How do we and get I, onto this? Your ears, your sticky ears. Sticky ear. Yeah. No, I, I mean, my dentist's great these days. I'm not remotely worried about going to the dentist. It's all shiny and white and pleasant and, you know, full of full of care and nothing smells vile. No. Um, and even when he's going to hurt me, he never really does. He's fantastic. He always rubs something on first that, you know, before before he comes near you with anything sharp. <laughs> so you don't you don't feel it, you know. No. I go, oh, I don't. I knock yourself out. Yeah. Do, oh, do we like? Rub a bit of your jollop on and get in and yeah, crack yeah, on. Right. I'll just rub a bit of this on, he says. And I go, oh, all right. And, uh, and then he then he comes at me with the big needle. But I don't care. Right. I don't care. Because right. okay. um, it's got to be done. Not that it has to be done that often either. It's not like I'm. Con- I think. I think back then as well there was. Oh, I'm sounding really, really old now. But there was no fl- fluoride in the water back then. Uh, so all our teeth used to rot at a rate that was, you know, you could almost see them rotting. And we lived on sugary shit, didn't we? And mm. there wasn't any kind of. Michael Mosley esque consciousness of what was good for you or bad for you or or any of that was there. He just lived on sweet shit and egg and chips and um I probably cleaned my teeth once a fortnight or something when mm. I was seven. I mean we I should was... have worked it out. I mean if you if you if you took the wrapper off a wham bar and actually looked at this pink thing with glistening bits on it, you probably could have worked out that's that's not looking very natural, is it? You you're still on the wham bar, aren't you now? I'm still on the wham bar. Okay. Yeah. Right. So we we started this because of your ears, because your ears are too small and your earphones keep <laughs> falling out. What are you gonna do about it? Well nothing. I'm just okay. gonna soldier on. Right. right. And every time they drop out, I'll put them back in. So what's happened a, to the nice ones, the nice, sure, expensive ones that I know at some point in time you had? I did have those, didn't I? Um, they, may, they may be in the bottom of a bag. Right. It's just that these were to hand. Yes. You know, that's all. So they are rubbish. And also those sure ones, they have those kind of wiry loop thing. I know, I've got mine on. Go over your ear. Hmm. It always takes me ten minutes to work oh. out which way round the foot. Oh. It drives me around a twist. You know they've got L and R written on each. You do, you do know I that. I can't read you? that kind of shit at my age. <laughs> <laughs> you just just daub it on with a bit of Tipex so you can see it. <laughs> yes, yes. I can't find the Tipex with this eyesight. It's a trouble. Um, there's been a few suggestions after last week. I bet there have. Um, yes. Most people have, have have commented on how manfully you got through an hour's worth of recording and, and um, are in awe, are in awe. Bless um, them. I must tell Lynette or it'll make her really angry. <laughs> but there, there was a faint suggestion in some of the comments, and it was between the lines, it wasn't said out loud, hmm. that the reason you were ill is that you let that protective... Uh, alcohol um, force field that you have dropped for two and a half days and therein lies your problem there was no firewall Anthony (laughs) (laughs) I stupidly stupidly turned the firewall off so you need to give that some thought moving forward I've given it no thought mate the firewall is back up in no uncertain terms yes what with that and having an album to write, forget it. Yeah. Back on the source immediately. Yes, yes. I've learnt my lesson. I think that's right. Okay, shall we start? A bit earlier well, if, than normal. Shall we do a yes, title? Yes, let's break with tradition and start at the beginning. Right. Yes, I'll hold my breath. <gasps> Hello and welcome to chapter 193 of the Corona Diaries. <laughs> You're not quite ready for holding your breath, are you? Good morning. No, I've been ill. Does that mug say papa on it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> was, that, was 
that a present from one of your offspring? I really ought to be wearing the new and Lingwood silk uh, house coat to go with it, but um, I haven't got a new and Lingwood silk house coat because they're about three grand. Yeah, and a cravat of some description. I'd really like one if 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 the Purples would care to crowdfund me a three three grand new and Lingwood house coat. It's probably a you know it's a bit a bit excessive. I'm not serious. Don't do it. Um, yeah, um, it, yeah. Because there's a reason. My mug says Papa on it. It's not because I have uh, upper-class posh pretensions or because I am in any way upper-class or posh, as, as anyone who's heard this podcast will have probably sussed out being a sensitive to cut the culture, culture vulture thing. Um, it's because my oldest grandson, Ronnie, calls me Papa. Ah, now he decided that for himself. Mm-hmm. He calls me Papa, and he calls my ex-wife, who is his other grandmother, Boo Boo, ah. <laughs> for reasons only known to him. <laughs> uh, so that's, and he calls Lynetta more and more because that's that at least makes some sense because that's uh, that's what you call your mother's mother. Oh, that's not true, though, is it? He's not. A, he's not a mother's mother. Oh, but you know. Anyway, he calls her more, more, which is Danish for one's maternal grandmother. Right. We've been through this before, haven't we? No, this is all news to me. Ah, ah. Well, the Danes—they don't just have grand and granddad. They have more, more, which is mother's mother, or more far, which is mother's father. Right. Or far more, which is father's mother, or far far, which is father's father. Oh, I really so, like that. So they, ha- you know, they genderize the grandparents were in that way. That's the nicest thing I've heard in ages. Yeah, and it's quite handy. Oh yeah, you know, it avoids confusion. Right. Other than in this particular case, where it's being employed totally inaccurately. Correct. Right. Okay. That. Brings us back down to where we should be with a with a bump. Fine. I'm drinking chai tea. Chai tea at the papa mug. Before we go anywhere, mm. um, did you just say tea? Hmm. Was that before we go anywhere, did you just say tea? Or was it before we go anywhere, did you just say tea? It was that. It was the second. Okay. So before, before we went anywhere, we went somewhere else. Yes, did you say tea? <laughs> I did say tea. I said chai tea. Oh, chai tea. Yeah, I'm on the chai, man. Right, okay. Right. And don't you don't you like a chai latte as well? Oh, well, you know, I used to, and it often got mentioned in the diaries oh. when I was out, you know, trawling the uh, Starbucks in the world. But I've gone off them because they're so fucking, oh, blooming. They're so blooming sweet, and Um... That they make your eyes water. I don't know if they were always that sweet or whether I noticed one day and it's bothered me ever since. But they're so sweet that I've gone off them. Right. Okay. Anyway, that wasn't what I was going to ask. What I was going to say was because I'm, I'm, I've saw something and I just Rome. Do I need to talk to you about Rome? Well, why not? Um, Do you want a bit of Act One, Scene One? Well, you Julius can, if you Caesar. Like. I used to know this. Wherefore rejoice? Wherefore rejoice? What conquest brings he home? Which tributaries follow him to Rome to grace in captive bonds his chariot wheels? You blocks, you stones, you hard hearts, you cruel men of Rome. Knew you not, Pompey? Many a time and oft have you not climbed up to walls and battlements, to towers and windows, your children in your arms, and there have passed the livelong day with patient expectation to see great Pompeii pass the streets of Rome. Anyway, it goes on and on like that. That was quite beautiful. Apart from the fact you went, you nearly went Jack Sparrow in the middle. <laughs> yeah. I can now yeah. see you playing Jack Sparrow. <laughs> playing Jack Sparrow. Well, I'm always up for piracy. Mm. And, and anything to do with the high seas, as, as everyone knows. Mm. Okay. Um, 
I saw something. You're playing in Rome, aren't you? Yes. What I'm going to do is um, it's something that I was going to do in December as part of the whole H Natural um, tour, mini tour thing that I did. Uh, but then um, Dave, my Italian fixer, couldn't find uh, a venue. And then he found a venue that he got very excited about, but we could only have it in February. So, a bit reluctantly, I agreed I'd do it in February, which isn't really where I wanted to be doing live shows. But it it does sound very exciting in prospect because I'm going to do it with um, the uh, Italian band Ranestrana, which means strange frog, um, which I did a show with before. Was that in Rome? That might have been in Rome as well, because they're from Rome. And they were really good, and they had a really good feeling and an understanding of, of what I was trying to do, and uh, they were great. So I'm looking forward to doing it again with them. But there may even be additional surprises, Anthony. Wow. Um, that, um, that, that, may, that may... What's the word? I don't know. Appear. It's not. That doesn't sound. A, we need something with more heft, don't we? <laughs> Come to pass. Let's mm. go biblical. Oh. Um, so um, yes, it should be. It should be really interesting. Um, the the headache of it, in a way, from my point of view, is that. I really should have my head inside writing a Marillion album at this point and, and to, to, to have to kind of unscrew my head and um, get into assembling a show um, with, a, with a band and various things that may come to pass is, is just a bit of a distraction, but a welcome distraction. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be really good. It's a beautiful hall. We've sold a lot of tickets. I think there are still tickets left, but there's, I think we've already got about 700 in there. Um, and it will hold a few more. So it's going to be quite an, quite an evening. And I, I will make sure that it's, uh, it's, worth, it's worth the trouble for everybody. Because it's not um, far away, is it? What, Rome? No, in terms of time. I know where Rome is. <laughs> Well, I actually say uh, I don't know if I do know where Rome is, but anyway. Well, it's far away. But it's um no, it's only in about a fortnight. Yeah. So I should tense up really and start getting me ducks in a row. Well, I have, to be honest. I've I've got them in a row, but they're kind of, they're on the wall across the green. I really need them uh, in a row outside the front door, preferably. Do you normally tense up where ducks are concerned? <laughs> Always. Always. <laughs> right, so that's coming up. Um, and the only reason I mention it is just because it's coming up quick, but there's still tickets mm. available, so you still can get in. And because somebody asked me the other day if I was going, and I was like, to what? And, and, then, uh, and, then, and then all was revealed, uh, yeah. at which point I thought, oh, that sounds quite interesting. But unfortunately, I, I'm only just a couple of days back from L.A. at that point, because I fly to L.A. next week. Oh, that's big time. Um, well, it's that trade show thing I go to. It's come yes. back around again. So, yeah, well, darling, just just fly to Rome from LA, darling. You know, that's what Warren Beatty would do. Yeah, yeah. I never put myself in the same sentence as Warren Beatty. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't done as a rule. We are the Bonnie and Clyde of podcasting, <laughs> really, aren't we? Aunt? Oh, that's what we tried to do. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> You're the Warren Beatty podcasting, and I'm the other one. You fade on away. <laughs> That's who I am. Yeah. yeah, I'm fading away on so many levels. <laughs> to be honest, I faded away last week. <laughs> I faded away big time last week. I tell you, go on, have a have a slurp, Papa. <laughs> I was just, you know, <laughs> I was just a human being with dotted lines around him last week. You were somewhat of a husk, I grant you. Um, but it was still, it was still amusing. So, actually, completing the mug thing is that is that a Sophie <laughs> present then? 
It was, yeah. Yes. It was a Christmas present from Sophie to me, or possibly Ronnie to me, but I suspect Sophie has bought it. Yes. It sounds like a bit of a, a, a jump for Ronnie, that, at this point in his life. He might have pointed at it. He, he's not stupid. No. He's a sharp cookie. <laughs> does he point at you and say, he's not stupid? <laughs> no, he never does no, that. No, he never does that. He just he just comes in the house, puts octonauts on and ignores me completely. Oh, is octonauts still going? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I used to love octonauts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we used to watch all that with Vibes when he was little, and we'd got all the we'd, we'd got all the models in the bath and all of that. And da, da, da. Yeah, in the night garden terrified me. Oh yes, the the ninky nonk, the ninky nonk, <laughs> and the and the and, and the pink is it pinky bonk or blinky bonk? Pinky bonk, I think. <laughs> oh, no, that is a peculiar acid trip of a program. <laughs> Absolutely. That, Anyway, if you don't know UK kids television, then you've no idea what we're talking about. But no, tr- trust us, in the night garden is he's odd. Yeah, right, it's, it's odd. Um, you found some diary. We didn't get a chance to talk about it, but you found some diary that nobody's heard before because it was from oh. the the first tour, effectively post lockdown, wasn't it? Yes, and there's quite a bit of it actually. So I can I can do a bit more right uh, today. Um, I haven't. I haven't gone all the way through it to see how far it goes, but I think there's quite a few days that I managed to uh, catalogue during the uh, while we were bubbling. While we're bubbling, well, I took a bit out last week. You sent more across than we actually used because I'm trying to eke it out. We're we're, yeah. in, we're in an eking stage. I think we are. We've, we're going to have to eke for <laughs> all we're worth. But it was it was great <laughs> like, to hear TCD mentioned in the diary. Ah, there we go. Did I mention it? Well, you were so, posting cards, weren't you? Oh, yes, constantly. Yeah, I was I was having to try and do that while I was on the road, so was, which is you can do in the UK cuz you know, the it's you, you just put stuff in post boxes. But once you get abroad, it gets really complicated. I've done a few from Denmark, you know, when I've been holidaying in Denmark, I've I've sent I've sent them from Denmark. And the, uh, the, the, the the stamp to post a postcard in uh, in Denmark is is roughly the same price as a, as, as a new car. Car. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, yeah, sir. That'll be that'll be four thousand pounds. You go what? What to post a postcard? Oh yes, that the righty good. Aye, righty, right, righty, righty, tighty. <laughs> They say. <laughs> oh, I can't believe we've never covered your Danish accent before. It's quite a. <laughs> that sounds like the chef from the Muppets. <laughs> Righty dial it. They say. Right. Right. Um, uh, let's get. Let's carry on our little yeah. ramble. Actually, before we before grief, I'm starting to like Billy Conley. Before we get to that, uh-huh. are you now? Are you now in the studio? Are you now in? And have yeah. you been in this week? And has the whole process started? That I am, and the whole process has started, um, and um, we, yeah, we're at the very, 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 very thin end of um, of what will be a very, very long wedge. Um, we're jamming, and uh, how does Bob Marley like his sandwiches? We're jamming, and we're jamming. Uh, we're jamming and, um, you know, every now and again a little moment happens and Mike comes into the room and goes, oh, hello, that was a little moment there. And we go, oh, was it, Mike? Oh, lovely. Um, and every now and they, they're usually things I haven't got excited about at all. Um, <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> exactly. Every now and again I get, I think, oh, that was really good. And I go, what did you hear that, Mike? And he goes, what? And I think, oh, it can't have been that good then. So we've just got to uh, trust trust in Mr. Hunter's impeccable taste because, uh, as I've said many times before, I've wasted a lot of time arguing with him and he's mm. always been right. Mm. And to be fair, you can trust the process because the process has delivered, hasn't it? Yeah, you can trust the process. Um, I certainly trust uh, Mr. Hunter. Mm. Um, and I just have to trust 
that I will open my mouth at some point and say something worth saying, um, which is probably the area I have least trust about. But it, you know, as I've also said a lot in the past, it's a great source of comfort that we've made a lot of records already, so it, it must be possible. Um, and they, they, it's not like they're getting steadily worse. No, um, no. I, yeah. um, I spoke to Pete on Monday uh, on his on his birthday. To be fair, on his birthday. To be fair, he did say he was going to speak to you actually. Because I was mildly irked. I felt like, uh, you know, you were playing away a bit and got a bit on the side. I said, "You're doing what?" He said, "I'm speaking to Aunt Short today." Oh, yeah, it's like that, is it? I do have other podcast projects, you know. There we go. Look, I do have other lovers, Mr. (laughs) Wright. Yeah, but... It's just that I haven't mentioned them to date. Yeah, but you know, in 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 the best in the in the best kind of traditions of a a philandra, I always come back. Well, I hope you haven't brought any diseases yeah, back, disease with, back you. with you. Yeah, I bet. I mean, <laughs> well, not, not that I'm implying Pete might have one, but... Oh, no, that's exactly what you were implying. He is a bass player. <laughs> so I spoke to Pete on Monday. Oh, yes. On, on his birthday. On his birthday. And we should wish, we should wish Pete a belated <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday, Pete. Um, and, and, and it was a lovely chat. And um, But one of the things, because he talked a little bit about the fact you started jamming again and what have you, and... And one of the things, and said he was still working, and I said, do you know what's interesting about Marillion is that I don't know if you've written my favourite Marillion song yet. Oh. And the the reason why I said that was is because if you go back two albums, I'd not heard The Leavers, and I love The Leavers. Right. Can you? And, and, and an album ago, I'd not heard Crow and the Nightingale, and I love Crow and the Nightingale. Right, and I, and I don't know if I can actually pay you you a bigger compliment than that. That actually, I don't know if you've written my favourite Merlin song yet. Well, it's a it's a triumph of hope. It is over over something else. Yeah, I don't know what triumph of hope over old age. Over, uh, over old age. <laughs> well, let's drink to that. Let's let's raise the Papa mug. Pa- the Papa mug. That. I mean, no pressure, obviously. No, there never is. No, no pressure. But it, it is it is something unique for a band entering its what, whatever year. Cause, and we, we got on to talking about the fact that Pete's been in the band 40 years plus. Wow. So talking about you know a band that you've been in for 40, 40, 40 years plus, or in your case, it, it must be knocking on towards 35. Um, it is 35 as of January the 20. Oh, hang on, not quite. No, it's 35 years in about 10 days. Time. About 10 days. We'll try and we'll try remember to, to uh, raise a glass <coughs> well, at that point. Well, there about. But to be able to say to somebody, look, I still don't know if you've you've written my favourite Meridian song yet. And by the way, you've been doing it 35 years. Either implies what have you been pissing about at, or it implies that actually <laughs> the journey is incredible. I think we should go with late developers. <laughs> right. You're still awkward, uncomfortable, scrawny teens. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> Musically speaking. <laughs> Some people burst onto the scene with a work of genius. It's taken me 67 years. <laughs> to get to your work of genius. To get to what I'm hoping will be a work of genius. Yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> Back to Friends, back to Friends. Um, And we'll have a little bit on Friends. I'm still waiting to line up something with Mike, and that's when we'll get into it proper. But uh, one thing I did think to ask, because I'm doing like Friends questions a bit at the time, blooding you slowly on it. Actually, that whole process is totally different to what you're doing now, isn't it? That must have been fairly unique, because even with Less Is More, you did some messing about and some work on the tracks, didn't you? This is almost like uh, you've gone in with the songs for just to record. Yeah, yeah, and because they weren't necessarily in the existing or recent tour set, um, they had to be they had to be rehearsed in the racket club as though we were going to go on tour with them um, and put back together, you know, to be 
so so that when we got into real world with the, with these classical musicians um they weren't all looking at us going okay let's you know shall we do the song and us going oh can you give us a couple of days to work it out <laughs> well they all thought i thought this was their song <laughs> um so we it was very unusual it was on we we had to we had to sort of tour rehearse for it and also because there were elements of the arrangements of the songs that had been changed um mark had to program the keys and his sounds and and uh, and the rig and whatnot and the click tracks because we do a lot of stuff to clicks these days so that we can run samples and whatnot. So so Mark had to to reprogram all of that to accommodate the classical elements that were gonna go in. And he also had to I mean it sounds easy to remove something. You just go, Oh don't play it then and that's true. But there were things that he's used to playing that he had to decide, well what am I not gonna play then? Mm to give room to the real strings and the real the real elements um so it was a little bit of um a back and two we, we we first had to to knock through the songs and put, put them back together um then you know mike would mike would play as things and go well why don't we why don't we extend this moment here eight bars because it might be nice to develop this string arrangement idea slightly. Um, so those kind of things. And then, of course, as I said last week, some songs were just kind of played again. Mm. Um, I guess Beyond You, Fantastic Place. I think they were both more or less the original arrangements of the songs, but with elements moved out to move the the the, the, the strings um, and the 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 flute and the the French horn and those elements in, um, and to get a feeling for that, and maybe leave the drums out, you know, to expose them a bit um, in in certain sections. Um, so all of those things had to be decided upon. And relearn, um, because in a way, the songs that you know best are, hard, are the hardest ones to change because they're yeah. they're in your muscle memory, yeah. and you've, you 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 can't just put yourself on autopilot and play them. But you've got to think about, oh, hang on a minute, we said I'd you know, said I'd come out for eight bars here, and you know we'd extend this and blah blah blah, and and then sky sky above the rain, of course, was completely the end of sky above the rain was a new piece of music, yeah, that was written specially um, with I think I think I, th- I I mean I haven't I haven't done my homework and listened to it slap wrists, but. I mean, it was a different melodies and everything. I think I was singing at the end, um, same words, but probably different tunes, different everything, um, different key. I think. I think we dropped the key right down to make it to change the color of it. Um, so all of those things had to be borne in mind. But before any of that happened, Mike had already um, created um, string arrangements which he then generated with fairly poxy string samples um, and so that he could play as examples of what was going to happen. But we obviously had to... We had to imagine how that would sound when it was real, mm. which was easier said than done. Um, so all of that had happened, and then we'd we'd given it the nod. You know, anything we thought didn't sound like it was going to fly you know one of us would flag that up and maybe he'd change it or maybe he'd go off and sulk for a bit he did do a bit of going off and sulking <laughs> well I can understand why if he's slaved on something and you've just gone here yeah. well, exactly well that's the story of Mike's life 
where, where he slaves over slaves over his shit for days, and somebody goes, oh, what about that? What about that? You know, and then three months later, go, oh, I heard that again the other day, Mike. It's fucking great. <laughs> uh, which adds insult to injury in a way. <laughs> it's, that seems like combined possibly one of your special skills. <laughs> I like the idea. Uh, well, not like the idea, but it's definitely different for you to... Because you, you, don't, you don't go into the studio with a song rehearsed up as a rule and then play through it as a band on one take, do you? That's not what... The, your current process doesn't really lead to that. No, and that's that is regrettable. Um, we had we had a long conversation in the studio yesterday about this very thing, and I, I was saying that to everyone. I said that you know the one thing that's regrettable about the way that we work, the way we write, the way we make records, the way we are, is that. You know, it's a slight exaggeration, but none of us knows how the song goes till we've heard the mix. Yeah, because it's it's usually recorded in sections, um, and that are then bolted together in in the um, you know in in Pro Tools or whatever as as the as Mike's arrangement the song comes together. And bit by bit, you know, and then we might, you know, quite often in the middle of a lead vocal, I might say, you know what, if I had another 16 bars in here, there's something else I'd quite like to say. Mm. And so then we'll, we'll extend, you know, we'll, and we, we won't do that by bringing the, oh, get the band back in, we're going to play it all you again. Just copy we, and paste we it. Won't, in, you? Yeah, well, to some degree, you can copy and paste it. I mean, it, it all has to be. Uh, fixed properly at some point, but while you're creating, you can do all those things. You've got the options, um, so those things happen, and quite often, certain members of the band, well, any other members of the band, cannot really discover the shape of the song until they're just about listening to finished mixes, and yeah. they go, "Oh, that happened there, then did it? Oh, oh, you put that in there, did you?" You know, or which hopefully, for the most part, is a pleasant surprise rather than the, oh, my God, what have you done to that? Which also happens occasionally, (laughs) which causes (laughs) a bit of a moral dilemma at that point. You know, do we, uh, can I live with this or am I going to have to have a row about it and upset someone? Um, But that's all, that's all part of why it's hard creating music together and and why a lot of bands split up because it's quite hard to swallow that stuff when you've if you're emotionally and passionately attached to something that someone else has come along and in inverted commas ruined for you they they might think what what they did was it's saving grace while you're thinking they've knackered it so there's a lot of potential for for bands to fall out at the at, at the writing stage, unless somebody's in charge and everybody else is doing as they're told. In the case of Marillion, that's not true. Everybody's sort of got a say. Everyone has a view. Uh, there aren't really any passengers, and so there's a massive potential for um, discord. Um, in the musical <laughs> sense, as well as the, yeah, the 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 sense of conflict, so you've got to find a way to rise above that somehow. And of course, poor old Mike's in the middle of that as well a lot of the time. So he's he's kind of a ranger, producer, adjudicator, uh, and surgeon. <laughs> So actually then, at the same time that you're in the process of creating something, and we've kind of dipped off, but it doesn't matter, created off the process of, of something that could become a, a great thing in the future, could be something that people come back and really you hold up as being an incredible piece of work. So you're in the process of doing that, there's the excitement of that. At the same time, what you're saying is, it's also the the, the, the point of almost most danger for you as a collective group because if you're going to fall out, you're going to fall out while you're doing this. Yeah, and it, it, in in my case, it's a 
there are certain points in whenever albums coming together that are terrifying because I'm just waiting for somebody to knacker it. You know, because we've we've got it to a point where I'm thinking, oh, this is really lovely, and I'm getting excited about it now. And, um, I think it's really working, and I think I think it's really cool, and la la la. But it's only ever one overdub away from being knackered in my mind. Um, whether anyone out in the big world would ever notice the difference, who can say? But I do, I do get to a point where I'm, I'm sort of dreading the next version of the song that I hear in case someone's come along and changed something and, you know, taken it in, in what I feel is the wrong direction. And, of course, that's times five because everybody's going to feel like that to a certain or lesser extent. Yeah, there's a there's a, there's a risk of that, especially with the the elements that are overdubbed. So especially with the keyboard or guitar elements, it, you know, because you all, I mean, and it's very hard in your mind to separate what you love from what you've got used to as well. Mm. You can go well. I've got used to it like this and I like it like this and now somebody's gone and changed it. Um, and so your gut reaction to that change is always, oh, no. Um, long term, you know, if you could spring yourself forward two years, you could perhaps look back and go, no, no, it's better than it was before. You can't do that in the moment, though, can you? But you can't do that in the moment. So you've just got to trust... You, you got. I mean, you've really. That's where you've really got to trust the producer, uh, and the, and trust that the producer is, um, that his first priority is making the music better, yeah. rather than trying to make certain members of the band happy, you know, and make sure they've all. You know, on an egoistic level, put their two penneth in just for the sake of being there. Um, because that is also part of everyone's agenda. They all want, they want to feel part of the music. Um, so you've, you've, you've got to trust that Mike will will be thinking of of the music of itself, of the song and what the song needs to do and say ahead of any other considerations. Um, and that's that's one hell of a trust. Mm. You know, that's one hell of a... Uh, you do, I, do, I do feel very exposed one, at a certain stage in some of these songs. Be, because I write the lyrics and because I feel that the music should be saying what the words are saying when we get to a point in this in in a song where i really feel we've got it then i I go into a state of dread waiting for somebody to knacker what's magical about it but as you said before how many times have you gone into an argument with mike and then at the end gone no actually you know what you were right 99 percent of the time right so you've got two forces there working totally against each other. They should, at some point, neutralise themselves. Well, let's not go into that. <laughs> okay, let's le- tell you what. Let's go to diary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, it's not as easy as it looks. And and do you know what? <laughs> I don't think any of us think it is. <laughs> let's let's go to diary. We're going to pick up. I think we're going to start in Cardiff which is the bit that we didn't put in last week, but I know you've already recorded. Um, yes. Which covers us talking to Chris Neal. It does, actually. Um, I think it was in Cardiff where I'd got the microphone in the kettle. I think I took a photograph of that. <laughs> yeah, love that, I'd, picture. Love that I'd, picture. I'd forgot a mic stand, and I'd, I'd got that microphone only that, that you gave me. Thank you very much, Mr Short. And uh, <laughs> so the only way I could stand it was put it in the kettle. Yeah. Um and and I had a chat with Chris Neal, 
Yeah, and he was very funny, but in a very dry sort very of way, dry. wasn't he? Yeah. And I didn't remember him being quite that dry. Um, so maybe the fact that time had passed, maybe he thought I was going to stitch him up on some level or other, and he was just, you know, cautious. I don't know. But he was always a screamer when we were working with him. I mean, he still is very funny. But he was funny in a dry kind of way. It was dry. Well, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Listen to the diary, finish finish 193 and go back and listen to whatever episode that was. Yeah, yeah, probably worth another listen. It was good having Chris on. I mean, Chris is a legend. I mean, he was. What was he? Was he the first Jesus Christ superstar or Godspell or something? He I mean, was he something was, like that. Yeah, I mean, he's done so many things. And he, he made a load of movies and yeah. sort of bawdy, yeah. che- cheeky bawdy movies. Bawdy plumber's mate movies. And then he's produced more hits than you can shake a stick at. He did the theme you... tune for Minder. You don't need to know any more than that. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 certainly um, he, he certainly knocked out a lot of hits. Oh. So it was, and he was fun to work with. He was really great fun to work with. Like you know, everybody liked him. You couldn't not like him. Um, kept the mood light, which again, you know, in the light of what I've just said about writing and recording. You do need someone who will who will keep the mood light. I'll, I'll never forget what Nick Davis, you know, who who uh, produced Seasons End, said to us once. We were we, we were in the middle of this intense discussion over something, some overdub, the kind of thing I was just talking about, where I was petrified something was being ruined, and he he just said, "Hang on a minute," and we all went, "What?" And he went, "It's only music, you know," and we all went. Yeah, I suppose it is, isn't it? <laughs> Nobody's going to die. We're not in the trenches. We're not down the pit. We're not building a suspension bridge. It's going to fall down. It's just music. And someone needs to remind you of that every now and again, really, when you're you know, beating your brains out and everybody else's as well. So it's good to have someone who will keep it light. And uh, it was good. It was good to have a chat with Chris. Uh, it was also nearly impossible to get a decent cup of coffee in the uh, in the hotel in in Cardiff, as you'll hear. And um, am I going to do the gig day as well? Do you want the gig yeah, day? Yeah, go as on, well? chuck the gig day in as chuck well. Chuck the gig day in. Let's spoil them, Anthony. Let's spoil the people. I'd like to spoil you all with the Baroness of Bermondsey's purple crocheted cardigan. Here it comes. Tuesday, November 16th. Cardiff, day off. Frenchie had arranged early check-ins, 10am, and late check-outs, 2 o'clock, for the Hilton in Cardiff, so we negotiated the tricky process of getting our stuff off the bus. I remembered everything except my pillow. Do. Was given room 622. It's a nice room, and the Hilton Cardiff is a nice hotel. I remembered it from last time right opposite the castle walls. One of these days I'll have a look round the castle. I've never got round to it. Tried repeatedly to get two coffees brought up to room 622. No dice. Room services closed until 3pm, after which you can't get them to answer the phone anyway. I took a few more postcards down to reception and said, Could you post these for me, please? The receptionist furrowed her brow and said, Hmm... There's a post box at the end of the street. I get it. Nice hotel. Nothing much in the way of service. Popped down the road, posted the cards and managed to order two cappuccinos at the bar on my way back. Getting into the lift, I chanced upon Niall. Who are you having coffee with, he asked, clocking the two cappuccinos on the tray. Nobody, I said. They're both for me. At three o'clock, I had arranged a Zoom call with Aunt Short and special guest Chris Neal, who produced Holidays in Eden. Chris came on screen, seemingly in a gent's toilet, with a line of urinals behind him, attended by men having a pee. For a split second, I thought he was actually in a public toilet. 
He hasn't changed. Didn't look a day older. Was a little more serious than I remembered him, but I think he was just sussing us out. He'd lost none of his dry humour and even allowed us to tarnish his reputation by crowbarring bawdy tunes out of him, which he qualified by saying he'd been taught them by Jerry Rafferty. See TCD 82 for details. Lord knows how I'm going to be able to do the Crooncast this week. It has become a tradition for me to thank the new subscribers to the podcast in song. To do this, I usually have piano accompaniment. I'll have to bash something down at a sound check. Chris had mentioned his work with Cher, so after some thought, I reckoned I could probably throw I Got You Babe down pretty quickly. Chris had said he asked Cher for an autograph. Quote, not because she was Cher, I didn't give a shit about that, but because she sang backing vocals on Be My Baby by the Ronettes, the best record ever made. It was great to have a chat with him after all these years. After further failed attempts to get an answer from room service, and bearing in mind the woeful selection on the menu, I decided to go down to reception and ask for a toothbrush. I'd left mine on the bus. Toothbrushes too were a problem for the Hilton Cardiff. Quote, but there's a super drug at the bottom of the street, unquote. Bought a toothbrush. Waving at Frenchie, Phil and Marcus as I passed them shivering outside a bar and then reluctantly went in the slug and lettuce opposite, despite my so-called quarantine, where I ordered nachos and cheese. They looked and tasted like they'd come out of a tube. Still, it was breakfast, lunch, dinner, so I had to eat something. Returned to my room and made myself a G&T while assembling TCD 82 until bedtime. At some point in the evening, Phil knocked on my door and presented me with a wooden, boxed, Monopoly set. I heard you collected these, and so I asked my brother to drop it off for me. We found it while we were clearing out my mum's house. Sweet of him. I opened it up, and it's complete, and looks like it has hardly ever been played with. Cheers, Phil. Wednesday, November 17th, Cardiff St David's Hall. Spent the morning trying to get a half-decent cup of coffee. Managed to finally get through to room service to be told that if I wanted coffee, they don't bring it to the room, but I can get it in the executive lounge on the seventh floor. Got dressed, masked up, and went up there. There was an espresso machine with a message in the window saying, Machine blocked. Did eventually get coffee out of it, but it tasted awful. Ended up back down in the breakfast room, where I was shown another machine, which worked, and took two coffees back up to my room. More listening and editing of TCD82 until two o'clock, when we checked out and were picked up by Charlie and the tour bus. Finally made a decent cup of coffee on the bus, and signed some more cards. At soundcheck, I discovered that I'd been doing the shows with reverb on one side of my head, and delay on the other. Hence the strange nyee sensation I'd been having. Ian Bond got that sorted out, so bit by bit I'm getting to a point where it all sounds like music. Ian Mosley had come off stage after the Edinburgh show cursing and lamenting his monitor sound, and he discovered today that he'd only had one side of the stereo mix. Getting that sorted out should cheer him up considerably tonight. The show was great. I sang like a lark, carrying a gun. The crowd were great. My guitars, which worked perfectly at sound check and line check, didn't work whenever Ollie handed them to me, which was a shame, but didn't really dent my vibe or anyone else's. I happened to say that I've never met a Welshman I didn't like. The crowd cheered, so I said, Mind you, I've had a lot of trouble with the women. What do Welsh women do? Play the harp? Weaving? Vicky King, also known as the Baroness of Bermondsey, self-titled, shouted from the second row, Crocheting! I wore the Baroness of Bermondsey's crocheted purple cardigan in Encore 2 for Made Again. The timing was sublime. And we're back! We just we just made a really good job of confusing each other. Well, you've come. Well, no, I've just got confused. 
Oh, Anthony, sort yourself out. Yeah, you you knew what you were doing, and I had no idea at all. (laughs) We need to wrap this up quick, because we've done 47 minutes before we got to the diary. Oh, I've got to go to the circus. I can't hang about. Oh, is that where you're going? Yeah. I'm not performing. I'm just watching. Right, Okay. I, I, I wouldn't know where to go to find a circus. I suppose it's that big tent thing on the edge of town. Yeah, well, it's the Royal Albert Hall as it goes. Oh, is it? Oh, is mm. it? Is it that circus? It's the circus. The mother of circuses, yes. Right. It, the, the, the Cirque Soleil. Right, the Mormore. The, the, the Mormore of circuses. <laughs> uh, we got a chum, called, a lovely chum called Olivier, and he's... A mover and shaker in the Cirque Soleil in Europe, and uh, he whenever whenever there's new production going in, he drops his um, he drops an invitation. So that's lovely. Oh. So down the circus tonight, isn't it? And I'll, I'll be walking the red carpet. Um, that won't be in the Daily Mail because what happens when when I walk the red carpet is all the photographers have a fag break at that point. They go, <laughs> oh, fuck, cup of tea, fag. Waiting for the next cleavage and pumped lips to to follow you down, you know, and then all the shutters are clicking again. Then right. So so who will be there tonight then? Who are you going to be rubbing shoulders with? I don't know. I don't much care either, to be right. honest. But I know, and there's there's usually a handful of of uh, faces. Right. Um, there's usually some kind of you know Love Island Essex girls going down the red carpet in their finery and there's the occasional you know Alan Mirren type you know A-list actor or I've seen um, saw who was it Vibe said hello to once in the uh, oh, 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 oh Hugh 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 not Hugh Laurie Hugh who was uh, Mark the Week Hugh oh yes yes what's his outnumbered name outnumbered um, That's him. The Lee Mack thing, Hugh, not going out. What's Hugh, he called? Hugh. I could have told you if I wasn't trying it's to. It's not tell Jackman. You. It's not Laurie. Not Laurie. Not Grant. Anyway, him. Uh, he had a vibes. Had a chat with him once. So that uh, you know, you you might you might pick up the odd a lister, right? Um, no. but I mean, I know I never talked to him anyway. No. Well, have a nice time. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah, that would be lovely. I'm really looking forward to it because, uh, I mean, the Royal Albert Hall's the Royal Albert Hall for a kickoff. So if you can get in there for free, happy days. And uh, and the Cirque Soleil is generally just magical. If, if anyone there has never been, thoroughly recommend it. You know, right. fabulous. Right. Well, I've never, I've never been. So next time, you, oh. you, next time Olivia, you know, see if I'll, you can bag I'll the next one. I sort you out, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. And obviously, as far as uh, our progress, plotting our progress through friends from the orchestra chat, mm. we've got as far as working out that actually you had to basically rehearse up the songs before you went in because you were recording them far more in that kind of traditional way of playing them through, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, we had to have all that together. We had to be, for once, the uh, the stabilising factor rather than the... The, the, the chaotic addition <laughs> to the process. Oh, I wish I'd been a fly on the wall. <laughs> I tell you, if you could be a fly on the wall when we were working, you would leave the studio and you'd say to me, I don't know what you're getting paid. It's not enough, H. That's what you'd <laughs> say to me. And what, would I say that to, to you all individually? <laughs> no, you'd say it to, to me. To you, right, okay. I'm not passing comment one way or the other. You might say it to Mark, to be fair, because he's he's got the burden of all that programming and tech hell, and it, he does he does work very hard on that. Right. I'm not passing comment because I get on well with it. Well, I hope I get on well with all the others. Oh no, I get on well with them all, but I just just think that that I should be paid more for being in a room with them. I don't feel like I want to say anything else. I can't top that. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.